Please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm Kate Orslan. And I'm Jessica Toon. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. The information, forms, and laws referenced in this episode are accurate as of the date this episode is first released. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Virginia Housing Development Authority. Hey, Kate. Hey, Jessica. How's it going? Pretty good. Heading out to NAR this week. I know. I'm so excited for you. Me too. San Francisco, right? Yes. Lots of songs about that that you could sing on your way out there. I will make sure to do that. Grab an acoustic guitar. On my 6 a.m. flight. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know if everyone would appreciate that. <laughs> I would, though. I would, Kate. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> they would not care for that. Oh. <laughs> mm. You never know. We'll see. I'll report back. <laughs> uh, so we've talked before about natural disasters. We have, yeah. And who is responsible for damage to the property if it happens before closing. Yep. Just FYI, side note, that's the seller before settlement and the purchaser as of settlement. Yeah. Quick refresh. Talk about that in Disaster Preparedness Month. Which was September. September. But what if... Bear with me. There is damage done to the property not by a natural disaster, but by a human disaster. Oh, no. Maybe while the property is being shown or during the time between contract ratification and closing and that damage, or maybe even theft is done by a person visiting the property. Yikes. That could be a prospective purchaser or an agent or an inspector invited onto the property by someone other than the seller. I'm so glad you raised these questions, Kate. So many good thoughts. Because that's what we're going to talk about today. Like you know. So first, we want to know that the Virginia Realtors Listing Agreement contains a section on indemnification, and you'll find that in paragraph 14. It states that the broker and their agents shall not be held liable for any, quote, vandalism, theft, or damage of any nature whatsoever to the property or its contents, end quote, during the time the listing agreement is in effect. It also covers any claims for personal injury arising from the, quote, use of or access to, end quote, the property by any person. So, in standard situations where something is stolen or there's damage or prospective purchaser is injured while on the property, the broker is to be held harmless for the contract. But keep in mind, this paragraph does not cover a situation that arises due to negligence of the broker or their agents. But what is negligence? Again, wonderful question, Kate. So many good questions. We're going to talk about it. Just come to me. It's a natural thing. (laughs) So glad you're here. So when we talk about negligence and whether someone might be found negligent, we have to think about how a lawsuit alleging negligence would play out. So first, the court would look at whether the person accused had a legal duty to another person, and that's a question of law decided by a judge. If there's no duty, the judge would likely dismiss the lawsuit. You will likely be found to have a duty to your client, given your agency relationship with them as outlined in your listing agreement or buyer brokerage agreement. And as a real estate licensee, your duties are laid out very specifically in Title 54.1 of the Virginia Code. 
One of those duties among several is to exercise ordinary care. Which is a great introduction to the second layer of finding negligence. Whether a person breached their duty and thus was negligent. Whether a person was negligent is a question of fact for a jury based on the evidence presented. Negligence is generally defined as the failure to use ordinary care. And ordinary care is the care a reasonable person would have used under the circumstances. That can be really broad or vague depending on the factual situation at hand. And the bar is not the most care or a high level of care, but just what a reasonable person would have done. So this may also be very dependent on what kind of jury you have. So if you're selecting a jury, you want it to be like a very low level of caring people, right? Yeah. I don't know how to judge that. but Lower that bar of reasonableness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> These, this is a jury of people who just generally don't care. Right. A jury of peers who also don't care. <laughs> I don't know how to find that. That's not that's not what we're here to discuss. No. Nope. <laughs> but let's look at an example. So you're an agent and you're holding an open house and you leave the property for a half hour to grab a coffee while there are members of the public inside are able to enter the property and someone steals dun, 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 a diamond necklace. Would the indemnification provision in the listing agreement help you? No, probably not, because the seller would argue that you did not exercise ordinary care in that circumstance, and therefore you are negligent. And the seller in this case should also, very obviously, contact the police to investigate the theft itself, and in any other instances involving theft or purposeful vandalism or damage. But the situations usually aren't this cut and dry, right? The situation we often hear of is a prospective purchaser who enters the house with a cooperating agent and some damage is done usually on accident. So how is that handled? Excellent question from you today. Oh, this is the first good question I've asked today. (laughs) Noted. Uh, It could go a few different ways depending on the situation. First, homeowner's insurance might cover it. That may be the first avenue to explore. After all, an accident is an accident. It doesn't necessarily mean that any person involved was negligent and could or would be held liable for the cost of the damage. Inviting others into your home is a risk that sellers take on. That's right. Now, if the damage was done by an inspector or other certified professional, they should have their own insurance policy to cover any damage that has resulted from their actions. This may require some communication with the buyer's agent to get this handled, as the buyer is generally responsible for paying for and choosing the inspector. But if your clients are still dealing with damage costs after that, or if homeowner's insurance is not an option, assess the facts surrounding the issues to the extent that you can. For example, what can the homeowners tell you about the last time they were in the house before they noticed the issue? You will also want to identify the time period when the damage occurred, if you can, so that you can pinpoint who was on the property if you don't already know who was responsible. But depending on the monetary amount in question or your client's feelings, there might not be any getting around a legal action of some sort, unfortunately. And if that's the case, your clients will want to contact an attorney, and you should not advise them any further on the matter because their legal action may eventually be against you, particularly if the offending party themselves cannot be identified. At that point, you want to get an attorney yourself to represent you. Show them your listing agreement and the indemnification clause we referenced. Also, provide them with the information on who accessed the property in case a cross-claim can be made for damages. And now a break from our sponsor. 
VHDA works with realtors all over Virginia to offer down payment grants and loans for first-time homebuyers. Find the right solution for your client and locate a VHDA-approved lender near you. Just visit VHDA.com. Let's take it to the legal hotline. All right. I have a residential listing with owners who are on vacation for an extended period of time. During their travels, another agent showed the listing, and either he or his clients used the toilet. The toilet flapper did not close, and the toilet began to run for several weeks, causing the owner's water bill for that period to exceed $2,000. I recommended that the owners contact an attorney to discuss their remedies, but they have insisted that I contact the agent who showed the property to inform them of the issue and request contribution. Am I exposing myself to any additional liability by contacting the agent that showed the property regarding the issue? I do not want to be perceived as practicing law by requesting contribution on my client's behalf. Well, first of all, great instincts here by recommending that your clients speak to an attorney if they are looking for a monetary remedy. You could definitely be exposing yourself to liability by discussing the sort of potential remedy with the other agent. At that point, you may be seen as negotiating a settlement that is outside the scope of a real estate transaction. If you do reach out to the other agent, keep the conversation very general by simply letting the agent know what happened and how they or their clients may contact your clients if they choose to have a conversation. Should the prospective purchasers choose to make a contribution, they will want to talk to their own attorney about signing a waiver and release of all potential future claims related to the water bill. Keep in mind that your client could also choose to bring legal action against you for negligence, so you may want to contact an attorney to ensure you are taking proper precautions. Realtors showing a listing. Their client, the prospective purchaser, goes by himself into the attic and, failing to walk on the joists, falls through the second floor ceiling. Oops. Is the repair the responsibility of the client, the homeowners, the showing agent, or the showing agent's brokerage? This is tough uh, and really could go a few different ways. The homeowner's insurance may cover it. The agent representing the prospective buyer may claim indemnity given their contract, depending on what it says. The homeowner may file a lawsuit against the prospective purchaser, you know, kind of questioning would a reasonable person have done what he did, you know, walking in the attic and not walking on the joists. Right. Or against the prospective purchaser's agent, did the agent have a duty to ensure their client did not go into the attic by themselves? And at that point, the brokerage may also be on the hook, depending on what the independent contractor agreement says. So really, very fact-dependent there. Lots of questions, not Not a a clear answer. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about limiting your risks, that you don't end up in this situation, and that if you do, the answers are more clear. Remind your clients that by putting their house on the market for sale, they will be inviting others to come look at the property. Any expensive, delicate, or prized possessions should be put into storage to avoid damage or theft. Know your client's schedules and if they're not living in the property. If they aren't or will be gone for an extended period, it may be prudent to go check the house after showings to ensure all the doors and windows are locked and there are no obvious issues like a running or leaking toilet or other appliance that could cause damage particularly any dealing with water. Let them know you or an associate will be accessing their property to do this and get their permission in writing to do so. If your clients allege a theft, 
Tell them to contact the police as soon as possible to file a report. Ensure you have the right information to provide to the police about who was in the house during the identified time period. If you're working with buyers, make sure that you don't leave your clients unattended on a property. If you notice that they've damaged the property, even on accident, inform the listing agent promptly. And finally, brokers. Have policies surrounding these issues and include provisions in your independent contractor agreements that limit your liability. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes and rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab on the four members section. Make sure you are logged in to see this page. Thanks. Bye. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2019. This podcast features the song Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license.